and welcome to the 18th episode of The Critical Twits. Today we're going to talk about starting a brand new Malifaux campaign, Shifting Loyalties. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of The Critical Twits. I'm Brian Ennis. I'm Aaron Ravitsky. And today we're going to be talking about our brand new campaign for Malifaux, Shifting Loyalties. Yeah. Um, in a bit of a twist, we've invited the rest of our gaming group uh, to join us to have a bit of a chat about what they're chosen, how the campaign's going to work, uh, and what we're going to be doing. Yes. First of all, uh, let me introduce you to James, or as he asked to be known before the podcast, the Unicorn Prince of Pinata Land. <laughs> Hello. Uh, James, what have you done with Colin this week? Uh, well, he's just just chilling out in a dark room in my dungeon. Nothing big. Sag's dungeon? No, you, just 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 a regular, yeah. yeah, regular old dungeons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talks to I know. think I'm, I think he's still thinks I'm playing Marco Polo with him, but uh. <laughs> he is quite slow. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Joe. Hi. Who's going to say something interesting for us? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, introductions. Uh, I'm at uni and I'm probably the competitive one of the group that oh. likes winning. I was, <laughs> I was going to say, Joe said beforehand that he doesn't play games unless he thinks he can win. Yeah. Which those of you that have been following the podcast will know is he's kind of like the antichrist. <laughs> he, he's the antithesis. Uh, so hopefully he might give us a more balanced... Uh, Perspective. Yeah, we need somebody who's not as nice as we are. And finally, we are also joined by Rob, who some of you may remember from our live New Year special. Hi, Rob. Oh, yeah, how was that? Hello. <laughs> Such it was a... New Year, it was a long time ago. Yeah, you're also random audience member number two, so... <laughs> Keeper of the man cave, thank you. And yeah, I don't uh, know why I put you as number two and not as number one. That's a bit harsh, sorry. Your wife was there. I figured you had to do it for... Diplomatic reasons. Oh, good point. Okay, so Shifting Loyalties is a campaign for Malifaux. What is a campaign for Malifaux? What is a campaign? What is Malifaux? What is everything? Shut up, Brian. What does that mean, Aaron? What what does what mean? Which bits? You asked several questions. (laughs) I don't know which one to decipher first. The campaign. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Normal Malifaux, you play a game. You might run a tournament where you play several games, several different people, but they're all individual contained games. The campaign, you carry on with your selected models from game to game, game or things, you lose potentially your models and stuff you've gained. And um, yeah, about it really. Yeah, rather than just having a bunch of random people that you pick for each fight, you've got a sustained yeah. group that get skills, get injuries. Um, so it kind of combines a little bit of role playing yeah. to my mind and yeah. you've got experience development um, and hopefully your your little models might develop some kind of personality as they go along because yeah. it's not just uh, Fry Cordman number two it's the one that did this thing that time yeah. and made James sad <laughs> and yeah. then I killed him Oh, <laughs> the, the other nice thing with it as well um, rather than just having a individual game where you're building your list for that game um, at, at this point, you're building a list that has to take on everything. Yes, you yeah. can't you can't look at it and go, oh well, well, I'm playing guild and I'm playing against Arcanists, so I'll take the one that's good at shooting mages. 
you've got to take something that can potentially fight everything. Oh, if, yeah. So from a very from a very early point, you you're looking at a much more balanced way of building lists, I, uh, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, and I more do. like regular war games than Malifaux. Malifaux normally takes away from that. Mm. My models are pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I feel like my I've I found with the gay individual games of Malifaux at the moment that the ten funders that I normally play are very geared towards attacking and killing people. That says to me about it. I don't feel like they've got the flexibility. I feel like I've got more potential for that flexibility in this because they can gain things that can shore them up or I can... Yeah, you, know, you get your upgrades and yeah. things yeah. that will sort of let you compensate for weaknesses or open up new yeah. tactics. Going back to sort of the campaign thing, for me, it's the story that it creates. Yeah. The highs, yeah. the lows. It's Campaign structures to war games is what got me from just painting the little plastic men to actually playing games. Yeah, actually. Crafting stories. It's something that made me reticent to play something like Malifaux, where all the characters are pre-named, and that's just it. Mm. My leader gets taken out in a game, and next time she's back up, it's assumed she didn't really die, she just got hit on the head or was a little bit tired, so took a nap, and <laughs> is now all, all powerful and mighty again. It's just a well, really nice a, swamp, I'm going for a sleep. It's a very PG-13 explanation of war. <laughs> <laughs> Why are all the men on the floor, mummy? Oh, they're, they're sleeping. Why are they all red? Oh, they had chips and got ketchup everywhere. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I purely picked my models because they're the only painted ones. Yes, I think you did. Okay. Um, That's also tends to be a good thing. It's easier to put personality something that isn't completely grey or black in my case. Looking across the table at what you've got, that is a nice combination. Yes. And I don't particularly want to face it. Yeah. But we'll get to that bit. Yeah, we'll be talking about sort of list building uh, in a moment. I'll just, just go back to what Rob said. What game was it then that made you want to play more that had that campaign structure? Uh, games Workshop's Warhammer Quest was the first one mm. going from just barbarian dwarf elf wizard name your character play through and then the end of the dungeon what do you do with that treasure rather than just going I've got more treasure than you it's Monopoly with a couple of plastic minotaurs instead you go off to a village and you're playing the game you're spending the stuff you develop your character you go and you take on something harder Yeah, you might come out absolutely bankrupt at the end of the second (laughs) one or Highs and lows. Yeah, or fall down the chasm on the way back to, to the village has happened to me constantly when I played Warhammer Quest. <laughs> I was really jealous of my friend Johnny because he had a copy of Warhammer Quest. I yeah. didn't, so I could only ever play when I went round his. And by the time I managed to get enough money together, Warhammer Quest wasn't a thing anymore. Ooh. And that's why I'm the way I am from my poor deprived childhood. No? Did you ever play Hero Quest? No, nope. Nope. Necromunda. Me neither. You ever played a war game, James? <laughs> well, I used to work for the <laughs> Maybe. Right. In fact, all of them are in the back room. <laughs> we will get around to this retro gaming that you guys keep going on about. Yes. Uh, Punches Judy, my, my friend Punches Judy, who asked, requested long time ago <laughs> yeah. uh, for us to do a retro game special on Necromunda, Mordheim, all those sorts of games. Yep. We will do it. <laughs> We're just having too much fun playing but, Malifaux. Which is a better version of that. This is well. This is what we're doing here. We're we're taking a Necromunda Mordheim style campaign, yeah, group way of playing, and using Malifaux, which is a better system. Mm. Did you ever play any of the um, those sorts of games, James? Like the skirmish ones, Necromunda and <laughs> Mordheim, Gorkamorka. No, Gorka. no. 
now. I'm rubbish now. <laughs> How could I get a job there? I just like, <laughs> I just like the battles. Oh, okay. Are you the reason why they've got rid of all those systems? <laughs> I just enjoyed painting and playing 40k. Just a, a fun critical twits fact. Uh, James actually sold Colin his first models. Yeah. And they get told off by his mother. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Suddenly Colin sounds young. Yeah. <laughs> that every three months Colin takes that gem out, polishes it, throws it in James's face. Um, yeah, so the idea is that um, the game takes place in rounds. There will be sort of events that happen that you draw from a deck, this being Malifaux. We did do a huge podcast on Malifaux and how it works yeah. and such like, so please feel free to go back. We'll link to that so that you can have a listen. Uh, have a listen. I might even put a little card up on the YouTube channel. Ooh, fancy. fancy. A card? <laughs> in Malifaux? <gasps> oh, it's like Inception again, isn't it? Do it with nice, <laughs> Brian. Be different. So there'll be events that happen each week in the campaign or each round, because we're probably going to try and do this once a month. Yes, yeah. so each yeah. week that it suggests in the book would t- would uh, translate into being a month for us. Yes, and we can play sort of multiple games, although there's sort uh, of a cap they, on how much you can earn and things like that. Yeah, I like think that. They, they recommend two games yeah. a month. We might, or a we week can accelerate it. it yeah, really potentially, um, depending on how, how it all goes. Mm. We mmmed at the same time. <laughs> at the rate we're going at, one game would be good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So... What we've done is we've all picked our crews. You get a 35 soul stone buy at the start. Um, these will form the core of your group. You pick a henchman to be your leader. No master. The masters only turn up later on. They can be hired later. Yes. Uh, which should mean actually the first few games are fairly quick. So we might go through the earlier rounds quicker before yes. the games get bigger. Yeah. It might be nice to have something less complicated. Um, have we decided how many weeks we're running this for? No, I thought we'd maybe sort go out. Go to your board. <laughs> Yeah, so it depends. If I'm winning, a hundred. Well, no, you have to have a halfway point because that's when masters become available. So it has to be a decision we make as how long this is going to go on for. One game. Yeah, we're going to play two. I think it should be twice as long as we're going to play for. (laughs) I'd like. cross-eyed thinking about that <laughs> I'd like to do at least three rounds before we bring Masters in just because I, we never play yeah, yeah. No, to be honest I, I would be looking more of 8 or 12 as a total personally um, yeah. because I think again it allows you to get more of that story flair in there a little bit more character built up yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I'd love to have my giant mechanical Spider-Man pick up a machete and a rifle yeah. or something <laughs> just because I think it'd be quite cool yeah. well Colin will be joining us I just think what that's two four that's five people to play yeah before I've played everyone yeah. and I want to make sure I play everyone fairly equally I don't yeah. want to just play Aaron because you know winning all the time gets boring um, I'd mock you, but two games that's each. probably true. <laughs> so <laughs> we're assuming Colin will ever escape James's dungeon. That's that's we'll point. go let him out for next week. We, can, he, he can pl- we go down to the dungeon. We can play with him in there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Aaron. <laughs> ology, ology, ology. Fun um, weekend plans. <laughs> if you'd like to check out Aaron, which which um, video was it where you were talking about wanking off bulls? Oh, that would have been... Uh, I think that was the Micro Machines video, yes. Excellent. Yeah, if you check out the Micro Machines videos, Aaron confessed to a... Yeah, very chugging f- ball semen, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you um, making your own um, energy drink? I was attempting to. That's exactly why. 
We have all managed to pick a different faction, which is very nice. Yeah. Uh, Colin will be playing Resurrectionists. He's currently down in the dungeon having an existential crisis because I don't think he actually has any henchman models. (laughs) (laughs) So he might be struggling slightly for a leader. Good. No, he does. He does? Yeah, he's got that dude that digs up dogs. (laughs) Oh, Sebastian is a henchman. Yeah. Uh, Nicodem's guy... He's a living not... model. Virtually all the henchmen in Resurrectionists, from what I can see, are living models. Yes. They're the only living models yeah. in the res. What about that chihuahua? No, that's a totally... You can't have that. <laughs> no. Which is good. Do you like the chihuahua? That's all I remember of last week. <laughs> <laughs> I will be playing Outcasts. I will be playing Neverborn. I'm playing the Ten Funders. I'm playing the Painted Models. <laughs> James, you're playing the guild. The guild, the guild, right, okay. <laughs> and I'm playing the Arcanists, the uh, terrorist mages. Yeah, I was going to explain my faction later. Joe has subverted the form already. Uh, we'll start with James, because he's obviously the most confident. <laughs> um, what was the process behind picking your crew? The painted. <laughs> they look nice. Um, that isn't a bad way of picking a crew, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you gave me a, a choice, and I, I just went with the prettiest looking ones, to be fair. Yeah, James has only played... Once. Once. He's only played one game of Malifaux. We're trying to force him into playing more games with us. Yeah. Uh, so we've kind of kidnapped him. Yeah. And Ironically. Much like he did to Colin. Yes. We have exchanged him in some kind of <laughs> ransom, sex dungeon, Fifty Shades of Grey situation. What's about us is this why we've allowed him onto the podcast? Because now the internet can force him into doing things for us? Yes. Oh. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we need some comments for James. That sounds like some kind of charity thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Share this podcast 50 times or James dies. <laughs> I've named my little uh, models. So yeah, I've got you... Samuel Hopkins. Yep. yep. He came pre-named, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't change it. So, yeah, you know. The others are slightly less... Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I've got a, a, a witch, witch, witchling stalker, is that? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this one's Larry. Yeah. Uh, this one uh, here is another one. Uh, this one's... Uh, Harry. Just just because this is the radio, James yeah. is holding up each individual model and yeah. he's making sure he's got the exact right one, which yeah, is yeah. important. Uh, and, uh, and this guy, you know, uh, is Barry. So Larry, Harry and Barry. Yes. That's yeah. going to sound yeah. brilliant over the radio. Well, well this guy's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing to an enormous executioner. Yes. Yes. So we've kind of helped you pick the models. Yeah. You're using models mostly from the Sonia Creed or Sonia Creed or Creed or Creed. Creed. But Creed is spelt with E's. Not E-A-S-E because her name is actually difficult to spell. Are we divulging back into English again? Pun face from Aaron. Uh, yes. So. I would go for Creed. Yeah. Sonia, whatever her lean name is. Sonia. Be fine. Yeah. Sonia. Sonia. Gary, Harry, Barry and Shunya. Well, I pick them because they're anti-magic kind of stuff. Yes, um, which is good. You've got a lot of playing around with fire and your executioner can chop people's heads off. And heal himself. Which is quite nice. Yes, healing yourself is going to be quite helpful in this Mm. uh, campaign system, as we'll find out in a bit. Yes. (laughs) I have the Arcanist. I've taken uh, Joss. Who's uh, Ramos's right hand man? Uh, he's got a big robot arm that he punches people and an axe which he used to hit people. He's not particularly exciting, but he's quite hard to kill. Uh, which I thought was a good property to have for a leader. Yeah. I've already, already yeah. also taken Howard Langston, who's used to be an executioner, like the dude that James has brought. Gary. Uh, 
Uh, Gary, yes. <laughs> Were they mates? Uh, no, Howard and Gary didn't get on. Oh, wow, now I sense bitter rivalry. <laughs> the story is happening. Uh, I also have the ability to cut people's heads off, um, but he has spider legs and some kind of weird duck octopus apparatus on his back. Um, <laughs> Can you say duck octopus apparatus again? Because you did so well, but I think it was a fluke. What, doc a- doc- <laughs> <laughs> Doc octopus apparatus. Um, no repeat performances. Um, I need to put the T's back. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I decided to round out the group with a couple of the Oxfordian mages, as um, mentioned. Now, I've got quite a low model count, yeah. But I figure with the speed and the um, moving other people's models around that I can manage, I should be able to do okay. Plus everyone's a henchman or enforcer. I don't have any minions or peons. Are the Oxfordian mages all enforcers? Yeah, they are. Oh. Wow. I know. How many points are they? Six. What? Mm. Ah. Uh-huh. So they're more did, survivable, aren't they? Yeah, they are more survivable in the campaign. Um, I did originally take them because there's some free upgrades that I thought was awesome, but you can only take one upgrade, so that made them pointless. Hmm. But I might be taking them in future. And I've got given Joss an upgrade, uh, Imbued Energies, it's a general arcanist one, um, that allows him to turn to Sonic and go fast for a turn. <laughs> or you murder him and I get four cards. You're only, you're only allowed to do it if, if you make the ring-collecting noise from Sonic the Hedgehog. Bling. I think that's fine. <laughs> and that's my gr- that's my crew. Cool. So um, with the ten funders, I've gone for Ototo as my henchman, who's essentially a man with a massive, massive stick. <laughs> he just hits people really hard and can heal himself. Again, survivability and carry on for a while. Um, I've taken two uh, Torakagi. I probably pronounced that completely wrong. I apologise, Japan. <laughs> now Japan is sad. <laughs> um, again, because they work very quickly, are pretty good on their own um, and quite survivable. Um, I've taken a Thunder Archer. I haven't named any of my characters because I'm not very creative. I've taken the Thunder Archer because I feel like I need some range. Uh, the Torah Cages are both good at melee and not like wrong range though. combat. Hmm? Not WYSIWYG, though. WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. It's a gaming term. Okay. <laughs> From back in the day. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Well. It doesn't really come up much in Malifaux. No, because you don't have the the options to change around like you do in a lot of games. You have your up- upgrades, but they're generally not things that you would stick on the model or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And um, I was going to make a reference to the fact that I had to take a ring and a substitute. So he's basically... He doesn't have a bow. He, he's got a stick. If I put a piece of string between the two ends, it's a bow, and it counts. Yeah, I haven't actually glued my models together yet, so, yeah. You won't be seeing pictures of this yet. Um, and I've taken an Oiran, uh, because she's uh, fairly good at assassinating people very quickly, and luring people away and pulling people away. Um, most of my models are Walk 6 um, or Walk 5, so they're very quick. Um... Again, because I figure I'll be spending most of the game running away. Running away and chickening out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, for my Neverborn, I focused on the Nephilim sub-faction within. They are the demon-looking Neverborn group. Uh, normally headed by Lilith, I've used predominantly her crew box to begin with. I'm taking her henchman, Barbaros, who is a scrawny-looking devil guy whose wings don't work as well he doesn't get to fly like his brothers due to a curse in his backstory but does run around with a bit of armour taken from the gladiatorial fighting pits and a macawetal if I have pronounced that right 
an Aztec toothed sword of some description. I've gone for numbers. Looking around the table, I think I've got the most with six models to start mm-hmm. with. And gone for yeah. lots of small, cheap Terratots, but an upgrade that will allow me to grow them into larger models when they kill enemies. Um, I'm especially looking at Joe's All Enforcer and Henchman Plus. I could potentially get four mature Nephilim at 50 mil base. They've got nothing left to kill if you do that. <laughs> Rob, you're disgusting. Just a set up. He's We're... not got any clothes on. <laughs> it's my house. I can do what I like. <laughs> and actually not true. I'd have to kill two of them to grow to young Nephilim so I could get maybe two mature Nephilim. Yeah, Still so disgusting. Nothing but lies issues forth from your liar's mouth. <laughs> I'm but playing demons. What do you expect? Yeah, good point. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh, I think that may be our first game. <laughs> um, yes. I have taken outcasts. Now, outcasts are quite a large faction. They're kind of all the stuff that doesn't fit. They're all mercenaries. Yeah. Um, so, I have decided to focus on the Fry Corps or the Free Corps, Free Corps. as it would translate as, um, but Fry Corps from Germany. Yeah. Um, so they're being led in this instance by Hannah. Now, Hannah is a librarian. <laughs> who walks around in a giant, stompy, steam-powered mecha suit. As thing, librarians are wont to do. Which she built in order to reach high books on shelves. <laughs> really? Which, if you look at the model, is ridiculous. Yeah, she built it so it was easier to do her job. And then they kicked her out of it, her job. It looks like it's built for picking up libraries <laughs> more than reaching yes. high books. Yeah. How, is, how big are the books? What she can do is, I mean, she's she's protected by all the Frycore have um, sort of protection from their Frycore suits, which means that they're immune to uh, blasts and pulses, which will really annoy Rob. Yep. Because oh, you sod. <laughs> <laughs> I so, I didn't mention I took an upgrade that allows me to make characters nearby me are toto slow if he pulses it off, and it's a pulse. How many soul stones was that? One. <laughs> isn't you're already playing a 34 point game <laughs> yeah, right. Is, isn't it damage you only, you're only protected from damage from pulses and blasts oh, oh okay oh, so good. you can still add conditions because it's not damage cool oh and it's then rubbish can... I changed my mind <laughs> I don't play this anymore Too I late. should have read the book Hannah didn't recommend the right one you rubbish librarian you <laughs> uh, my favourite thing about her is that she lets you have an extra card in your hand so you have seven cards in your control Ooh, nice. hand rather yeah. than Six. Mm-hmm. I nearly said five because obviously maths isn't my strong suit today. Um, or ever. What she does really, really well is she can steal actions from nearby models Ooh. Uh, and use them herself. And if the model that she's stealing that action from is a Frycore member with a trigger which is built in, she can take the action again. So I could potentially, because that's a zero, I could potentially take four actions a turn with her. That's nasty. Yes, it's really mean. It's, it's almost um, master level. <laughs> yeah. It's slightly better if you're talking about sheer number of AP, but it won't be quite as good. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't declare triggers on the, the actions she steals. Uh, she has been upgraded with um, ancient tomes, because I thought librarian, she should have some books, the model's carrying uh, yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, and with that, she can basically void a record so she scribbles their name out in her book and they disappear for a turn so they're swallowed by the void and then reappear um, is at Hannah the minute, at the end of the turn Penny Crayon 
She is an alternate history steampunk Penny Crown. Excellent. And if I knew what Penny Crown was, I might laugh too. I didn't get the reference. That's all right. Two-person joke. It's fine. <laughs> That's good. Uh, to go with her, I have taken, uh, first of all, a Frycore librarian. Because I think, you know... Oh, no. When I used Hang to on. work in the library, we had to work in twos in case any of the customers became Yeah, we, we very regularly set things on fire. Is yeah. That er- erased people from history briefly. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Stuff. So in case you get in, lost. The, the librarian is there almost exclusively for her ability to heal other models. And nice. piss me off. Which means <laughs> um, with Hannah, I could potentially send out four bursts of healing around. So have four, one, two, three healing flips per yeah. turn. Again, thinking about the long-term survivability of the crew because yeah. injuries carry over, etc., etc. Uh, so that was my thinking. Although they are really mean in a fight. Yeah, yeah, they mm. can they they can blast out all sorts of magic with blasts and all and all sorts of things. They are quite good at mm. sort of range control as well. Uh, I have named my Frycore librarian Greta. Greta. Her name is Greta. <laughs> Greta Frycore. <laughs> uh, Greta the cheese on the Friday. Is she married to the job? Is that what it's? Greta the cheese on the Friday. That was awful. Oh, no. That was terrible. And also, Cut know, it. my stomach feels sick <laughs> no. just thinking about it. Um, I've also taken a Frycore trapper who can. Trap things, yes, well done. <laughs> Does he trap fire by any chance? Is it surrounded in puts cages over fireplaces? No, the no, the, the, the fry core, they're a bunch of cooks. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. So the, the eggs and everything else there. It's the flamin trapper. Han- Hannah, <laughs> Hannah holds the cookbooks. Yep. And, uh, yeah. I sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason behind the trapper is the trapper can has a very long range gun and can also sort of set up in outside the deployment zone. Oh, filth. Which, because we're not being able to tailor our our, arm, our forces each time, I thought what I can do is use him for sort of scheme running and similar. Get him into the enemy deployment zone, things like that. Um, just can jump in what you say about the long range. Yes. Um, a typical long range in Malifaux is about 12 or 14 inches. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's played on a 3x3 three three board, so 36 inches, which is um, a little bit smaller than most people that play war games before be used to. Um the Frycore Trapper can get up to a 28-inch range. Yeah, he only gets is, one shot at that range. But, but it's yeah. absolute filth compared to any, yes. any other kind uh, of ranges in the game. Yeah, that's disgusting. How yeah. far could Samuel yeah. shoot? Because I'm sure that Samuel was... 12. Uh, the Trapper's name is Engelbert. Engelbert. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't like it if you say that. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I've also taken two Frycoresmen who are fairly cheap. They're only five, five soul stones each. Um, they're mostly there for pff, scheme running, cannon fodder. They're just they're just random blokes. Um, one of them is called Leopold. The okay. other is called Adolf. So we've kind of explained what our forces are. Hopefully that's uh, quite interesting. Um, I can see we've got different approaches around the table, which is quite interesting. We've mm. got um, Aaron running away, running away. That's fun. <laughs> Well, Tarakagi work really well individually. They get bonuses for being away from yes. others. Yeah. So no, it's not just running away, it's running around yeah. and backstabbing and sneaking. I know, yeah. but I don't want them to know that. Because it's backstabbing and sneaky. You fail. Well, yeah, that's true. Rob has stabbed you in the back by revealing your plans. <laughs> How sneaky. Um, <laughs> the is ours. <laughs> you've got... Rob's gone for weight of numbers. Um, and... 
one more than the rest of us. Yeah, but... Oh, you've only yeah. four. Oh, yeah, of course you have. Yeah. Quite often, a lot of Malifaux is about being able to use up your activations early to see yeah. what the opponent does, yes. and then you can act with impunity. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm that actually a bit of a disadvantage there because I have the lowest model count of four, but I've gone for models that I think are particularly hard. So yeah. I'm hoping that a small elite force will be able to kill Rob's army of demonic babies. <laughs> my teratots are completely innocent just ignore the sharp fangs and the <laughs> weapons dripping blood uh, James what was uh, the reasoning behind your force uh, mine are painted and, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure when I read their stats they'll be able to do something really good and I'll hopefully work out what that is before I die <laughs> uh, Larry, Harry and Barry will set things on fire or explode so I will shoot them and the executioner will all run round and try and cut people's nipples. limbs off yeah. nipples yes fine <laughs> But this becomes an interesting test because there's always that story that painted models do better. Yes. So we've got James uh, with a mostly painted crew. We've got Aaron with mostly stand-ins, <laughs> pretenders. And you know, I wouldn't be so offended, but the fact that I'm the one with the doppelganger in my crew. So how dare you have fakes? I think um, the, the, it's always been that you roll better dice when you're using painted models. Has always been the thing, and that's because we played dice-based games. Yeah, exactly. See, this isn't a dice-based game. The cards might hate painted models. That's why we're doing the test. Mm. So for for more, so I need to sacrifice to the card law instead of dice law. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just get a paper slightly different deity for Malifaux. Yeah, I think his name is Hallmark. Hallmark. (laughs) Lord of the cards. Uh, So yes, for more information on physics-defying probability nonsense. Speak to your local we'll, gamer. We will we will <laughs> let you know how, how the first game goes, and if James wins, then we will know... That he we, sacrificed Colin in his dungeon. Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't get a lot for Colin, would you? I don't know. Hallmark's not, <laughs> not greedy. <laughs> Couple of flumps. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing a campaign. We've played quite a few games just of Malifaux. But I kind of miss that development and that... New dream. dynamic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I, I made the mistake. Oh, such a mistake. Life is hard. I bought way too much stuff. So pretty much every game I've ever played, I've played something completely different. So it'd actually yeah. be nice to learn a crew, unless they die horribly. But it'd be quite nice to learn how to really use one crew really, really well. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm also quite looking forward to the uh, campaign, developing some stories and stuff. Because I haven't played too many games. I'm still in the... Uh, the rules are complicated stage uh, it's, it's nice to pull back a little bit and get to the use of the uh, models I've picked and chosen mm. yes, it's been a really nice way to learn other games as well um, I know me and Colin started off playing uh, War Machine Hordes together and we played your low point games to death um, over and over and over and over again just just to get used to, to how everything works so I think it's a really nice way of getting used to a system yeah. so for people like yourself James as well um, that's got a bit less experience with it. It's a really nice, slightly simpler way of getting into it. And, um, yeah, like Brian said, I've I've kind of done the same thing. I've got quite a lot of models, and I've just got some more turning up soon. Um, so I've used... I've played Marcus a lot, but I've not really used everything else a lot, so I'm quite excited to focus on the few that I've got here. Hmm? Yeah, so what we're going to do now is we're going to clear away all of our equipment... And we're going to play a couple games. Now, yeah. there are five of us because Colin, you won't let Colin out, let him play. Uh, <laughs> uh, or in Piz and Brian, it'll be quieter. Yeah. Uh, so, what we're going to do is we're going to play 
Um, a two-player game and a three-player game. Yeah. We're going to play a couple games, see how it goes, and we will report back after the really awesome theme tune that I wrote in three seconds six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. We've just uh, played a game. We didn't play a three-player game because we got confused. Uh, so we play. It just seemed really fun. Yeah, it, it seemed like it would be a bit complicated and throw the balance out of whack, but we will look at it again. Um, so I kind of sat back. Uh, Joe and Rob had a game uh, Arcanist versus Neverborn, and Aaron's Ten Thunders took on James's Guild. Yeah. Who would like to go first to describe their game? How they found it? It's crap, crap I lost. Okay. <laughs> Yes. You didn't just lose. No, I got trounced. <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't get massively trounced. I only just lost the victory points. I still could have won. But my crew did get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> and you ran away. Yeah, well, the one guy left ran away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ouch. Worse. Yeah. But I, I think the painted models uh, certainly helped with the cards. Yeah, yeah a little bit. I was like drawing red jokers over and over again. Did the, oh, sorry. No, no, go on. I said, did the adage, adage that painted models do best work? It did. Well, it worked certainly for the after the campaign bit where we have to roll to see equipment and upgrades. Yeah, so what we what we did is um, we drew our event, didn't we? Which was... We did. Uh, it was returning from a job. So um, during the during the games, um, at the beginning, you assign three markers to people on your team because uh, they're carrying money from a job they've just done. You can murder enemy people and steal their money, uh, or if your guys die, you can pick your money back up, and then you get extra money to spend on new stuff at the end of the game, depending on how many things you've got. Yeah, and James got the most script out of anyone. He got more than Aaron yeah. and Rob put together. Yeah, went to shopping. Yes, and what did you find, James? I found a nice red joker. Yeah, <laughs> um, which in Malifaux is a really is, is the best card you can get. Just it allowed me to buy a very rare gun, which is making everyone cry. Yes. yes, yes, there are there are you have to flip the red Joker to find these. There are four of them, one for each suit uh, in the deck, and they are all individual items, uh, weapons carried by the tyrants, who are essentially ancient gods. So you now have a revolver belonging to an ancient god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think Gary the Executioner who uh, deserves it. Um, he I did think... set fire to all but one of my team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't seem to have any any weapons apart from close combat. So I think uh, <laughs> I think giving him a gun will make him uh, on his path to an unstoppable war machine. <laughs> I think he's definitely on his way there, considering it's a really accurate gun for a. Uh, bloke with no hands <laughs> <laughs> what gets me though is each time I heard anything from your half of the table where you guys were playing it seemed like your witchling stalkers and everything else were running rampant and then end session that wasn't the only time you drew the red joker yeah okay yeah I, I, I drew the, the, the joker twice um, so I had an injury because you can take injuries in the campaign yes uh, so we rolled to see what happened to him. Um, so my guy ended up um, having a wandering, wandering off. So he was a bit dopey, a bit. Uh, it was basically a 
Colin incarnate uh, in the character. And, uh, yeah, he was he was hearing voices, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Goodness knows where Colin is in the dungeon by now. So I, t- <laughs> I spent the last of my uh, script, uh, which was the the, the loot, uh, to send him to a doctor, and I managed to flip the Red Joker again, which <laughs> now meant uh, he uh, has a lucky miss secret directive, so he can at the end of a game he can drop a. What can he do? He can, he can drop a scheme marker. He can push a small distance and then drop a scheme marker, yeah. which can essentially turn the tide of an entire game. Yeah, so instead of wandering off in the wrong direction at the beginning, like he used to, he now wanders in exactly the right, right. direction at the end of the game. Yeah, because they're now good voices talking. <laughs> yes, to the voices have worked out. He knows when to listen to them and when not to. Yeah. Yeah. How did you fare, Aaron, in the, uh, in the aftermath of the game? Oh, not great at all. Actually, no, I, to be fair, I didn't do too badly. I managed to save two of my characters from getting injuries before yeah. the end game by uh, fl- cheating in wands um, <coughs> one of my nice quickie talk ages has now got crippling pain so he's at minus one to walk so he's only average now oh, um, shard but <laughs> my Oiran has uh, developed wait, uh, decided to go on a wayward adventure so <laughs> three turns in is it is going to then turn up. turn up into the game turns up beginning yeah. of turn three yeah so turn, turns up like going, sorry guys <laughs> Just can't game. trust those geisha. Just yeah. like Colin. If you haven't named it yet, it's uh, Coraline. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Colleen. Yeah. So yeah, your your ten thunders took quite a pasting. Yeah, a little um, bit. And uh, James has come out looking already favourite to win the campaign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with some very nasty abilities and uh, such like. Yeah. How about the uh, the grudge match then? Uh, the challenge accepted match uh, on the other Rob? table. Neverborn are the natives to Malifaux, they specialise in the hit and run and the terror tactics and go for the soft targets, which is what I should have done. <laughs> Instead, I went, oh, let's take on your henchmen, forgetting quite what Joss is capable of. Barbaros charged in and got eaten by a half-man, half-mechanical spider and a guy with a cyborg arm and a power axe. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, you charged in, and between soulstone usage and armour on Joss, kind of just pushed him away a little bit. That was rude. In fact, thinking back, he did take one damage the first time, because armour can only reduce you down to one. to one. Yes. Instead, you uh, took zero. He would have taken two damage. Then. Game is void! Play it again! Uh, which means, <laughs> by the end of the game, he would have taken three damage, not one. Um, <laughs> so it wouldn't have made any actual difference. Um, no, but yeah, yeah, you, it's, it's you, one of those bits that we're forgetting because, however, yes. what perhaps half a dozen games I've played now, yeah, and there's still bits I'm forgetting. Many with, yeah. Not always with yeah. my Neverborn. Though. I mean, I've played the most games, and I think I've played about ten. Yeah, I think I'm about my... six now, maybe. Yeah, so, um, I'm on my second game, going so it's well. So two far. wins, yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <laughs> Painted models are the way to go. It is. Yeah. It, more of the story children. Painted In fact, models. mine were the oldest unpainted models on the table. Having yeah. got those right at the start, and I did worst of all. I you think. did the opposite did you, of me. You, you <laughs> except them. for injuries, actually, in the aftermath. Yeah. Did you buy them when we all bought the, our original stuff? When we went to Cambridge. Which means yeah. um, Joss and Howard were also bought at that time, and they did really well in that game. <laughs> I don't uh, think you assembled them as soon as I did, or if you did, you didn't play with them as soon as well, I did. That's the first time I played with them. So <laughs> yeah. you won't do black. <laughs> Nearly a year later. I didn't oh, just gosh. get two black jokers. <laughs> yeah. I got two black jokers at exactly the same point on exactly the same character doing exactly the same thing two turns consecutively. Because you can't steal my magic. 
<laughs> I did towards the end. It was complete waste targeting Howard with it. But once I went yeah. for the once I went for the mages, rather than going, I'm stealing their abilities. I want to keep them alive because they're easy to steal from. Yeah, you started bang, doing bang, quite bang, well. And then I went, oh, bop. Yeah, you uh, you had the world's clumsiest doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> she did spend most of her time hiding on a hill behind a tree. And by by most of her time. Three out of six turns. The only reason she didn't end up behind the tree in total is because I moved her out with one of my spells and then she just stood there for the rest of the game shooting at me until the last turn when she went and hid back behind the tree. (laughs) It was exciting. Did she turn into a tree? She may have looked like a dryad, but I'd have to paint her for that. So, yeah, that was victory for the Arcanist. It was... Um, seven both... points to four. Seven points to four in the end, yes. Uh, I managed to get myself um, seven scrip out of it all as well, and found myself a Gatling gun, <laughs> um, which is a steam-powered one. So, obviously, I've rewarded Howard, or will be rewarding Howard, um, as he's the only person that doesn't have a range attack on my team. Does he have any hands either? No, but it's steam powered, and as he's a big, weird arachnid steam construct, I figure somehow he can mount it on his shoulder or as a giant <laughs> under underslung under machine gun. Um, I would say a bit wild, wild west, but that might be insulting. Yeah, I'd rather you didn't make that comparison. To be honest, <laughs> every time he fires it, I'm going to sing that song at you. That, that's fine. If you want to take that level of embarrassment on yourself. <laughs> I demand WYSIWYG. It requires three of those ridiculously slender tentacles to hold it up above his shoulder. <laughs> no, I will, I will sling it underneath. I actually have a Gatling gun in the uh, Through the Breach character oh. set. So I've got two, I think, maybe even four. Don't forget two or four. <laughs> yeah, so how, how was your end phase, oh, Neverborn? My end phase was a lot better. I was, well, lucky slash unlucky in getting lots of twos in my control hand during the game. Yeah. So every time someone got killed, I was able to go, nope, they're okay, they just got knocked out. With the exception of a single Teratot, who right at the very end, just so I was beginning to despair of having anything but Black Jokers in my deck, <laughs> Aaron laughs, but Brian and I have identical decks, not that you use that one anymore. And yeah, I wondered if you'd just swapped your Black Joker for my red. One day. Then when we're playing, yes. <laughs> then the red weeping angel turned up, and uh, I my teratop went from instead of being injured, he's now completely silent. How was he traumatized by his injuries? <laughs> How did he die? Uh, that that one, was the one that Joss went and smashed in the head with an axe. Wasn't knocked it? Knocked all the noise right out of it. <laughs> yeah, he was. I was just you about were trying to, to kill take, my mage. You had one hit point left on your mage. You just came in, went whack, and I went, ha ha, black blood spurts all over you and takes away but the again, last point on your mage. The, the magic of the Oxfordian mages and their shield of magic. They're just lazy um, students. They don't get up before midday, so he wasn't actually there to take the damage. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but, as that's proven, it pays off to be a lazy student. Oh, yeah. I miss those days. <laughs> I'm just mildly saddened by the idea of a baby that was so badly hurt that it doesn't cry anymore. I feel like a baby, it's okay. This is tragic. This is horrible. I feel like the axe might have hit him in the face and I've kind of got a Glaswegian smile, so he can, but he's he's too scared to ever say anything in case his whole face falls off. Um, Welcome to Malifaux. That's where everything is horrible. Unless you're James. I have the urge to name him Damien now. Oh, that'd be quite cool. Yes. How did you find it? Enjoyable? 
Yeah, the um, I went straight in for the kill, and that was my mistake because once Barbaros was gone, from there I was playing more cautiously, going right. Where am I going to get the victory points? Mm. Which is how we played when we first started, and we weren't so sure about things. Mm. Then I got to the point of Lilith and Co are complete combat monkeys, yeah, charging, kill things. Victoria was the only thing that really gave me a run for my money. Yes. But yes. So yeah, we've the got... sheer damage output and what between Joss and Howard you had twenty wounds? Yes. Nine and eleven? Mm. Yeah. With so, three armour between them as well. Yeah, so there was too much for me to be t- taking on yeah, at that point. I um, would have been better off manoeuvring my um tots around you before getting Barbaros in, using that push ability mm-hmm. and then the pounce at the other end. So you could have had three or four terratots hitting Joss in the back every time he got knocked backwards. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, one of the things that did A lot more difficult well, to manoeuvre, but... I found that um, towards the end of turn five, or during turn five, I was looking at it going, okay, you know, getting all, all confident in the typical thing of going, ha I've killed most of your things, all my big stuff's still alive, and then went, oh, actually, shit, he might still have quite a few victory points, and if I don't do this right, we'll draw, and that's bad. Um... So yeah, I, I very nearly didn't score enough, and then mm. we um, we flipped and got a turn six, which managed to secure it for me. Otherwise, it would have been actually close quite to close. Levels, yeah, I was going to say in our game. I mean, James absolutely annihilated my crew, uh, but I managed to get some ski markers and the and things down. Um, so when I ran away, I was still able to score a few points and was only. I mean, if it ended a turn soon, I would have won. Yeah. Well, you would have. You wouldn't have won because you'd run away. Oh well, yeah, but I still would have. I've got more victory points, which I count as a win after yeah. nearly dying. Which, so if you don't, fine. if you'd have kept the guy there, you actually probably could have won. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I could have kept him alive for that though. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah, underestimate the ability to hide behind a hill when you're a small child. It did actually, it did pretty much the same thing. It ran forward in a little corner of the map, dropped something, and then went, I ain't going anywhere, I'm just going to fire arrows in the air and hope it hits things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you had a ranged attack, I didn't. <laughs> Last word to James then, as sort of a brand new player to, to all of this, how did you find your game? Um, well, it was the second game of Malf I've ever played. Um, started off defensive because I couldn't remember the rules. Mm. <laughs> um, after about the second turn, I, I got the hang of it again and worked out I, I was actually playing defensively, which was the right thing to do for the game <laughs> I was doing. So, um, yeah, I just started dropping markers down, which turned out, again, to be the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, then uh, just just tried to burn things and... Uh, Hmm? Watched you catch fire and, yeah. and, and <laughs> so, so were you doing the Malifaux equivalent of button mashing in like Street Fighter and going, ah, oh, that turned out really well. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I found out some secret moves uh, by yeah, accidentally yeah. Um, doing it. Excellent. Yeah. So, so far you've played a fairly standard game for us of 40 points um, using Marcus and his Arcanists and all his many-headed beasts. And now you've tried one with just a henchman from the guild. Still enjoying it? I can't deny Cerberus was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just wrong on so many levels. That, that first game, it was just un- unstoppable killing machine. That thing was. Yeah, you had Joe there to coach you through, and by turn three, you were barely saying a thing, Joe, because well, that, that, the games had just gone. Yeah. This runs to this, this goes to this. The chaining is a whole different level. So is that yes. the three-headed saber-toothed tiger? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That 
just eats everything. Yeah, yeah I pointed out the, the combat, oh, this is how you chain these things together with this. Yeah. And then kind of sat there going, oh, you could... Oh, you're doing that? Oh, 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 oh that died. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, and that happened for three more turns, and then you won. I have to say, I was really glad that you didn't decide to take all the beastie things, because I'd be more scared of the beastie they, things. They are quite It was different this game, because it was completely different tactics. You couldn't really chain these guys together, it was, so it was just more... You know, they, yeah. they're more independent, and they... More and powerful stuff. individually, kind mm. of thing, yeah. yeah. Um, the guy be able to as long as one of them's on fire I can shoot you on the board if I'm long as I'm in range was quite useful I yes. didn't have to see you yeah that's yeah. why that's sad Take and when, when we get round to Masters when you pick up Sonia to go with them oh no oh. Uh, she does the same thing but better okay uh, with longer range <laughs> and more damage and blasts and blasts you can move and I'm going to be really sad so I might try and play you early and get it out of the way can I quit <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes you can. <laughs> we need space for Colin. <laughs> I love the Sonya Creed models. They look so nice. I just have slight issues with the stalker, but never mind. The um, It's just that I look at them and go, she's an anti-caster leader where there are perhaps three leaders in the game, three masters in the game who aren't big casters and aren't magic-centric. Yes. And that yeah. seems somewhat cruel what we're going to try and do is play a few uh, up to the end of round two and then or maybe even talk at the beginning of round two but we'll do sort of a round two podcast so we'll do a podcast for each of the different rounds up until depends how long we go for maybe yeah, we didn't decide did we? maybe eight the plan will be to sort of release one a month as one a minimum round. one for each round um, as we go through I'll try to play a game with Colin so that Colin can sort of get off the ground and I can pick on him while he's weak before he gets a master because <laughs> resurrectionists are really good with their uh, masters so uh, please make sure you tune in next time to find out whether Aaron can actually win a game yep. whether Rob can remember the tactics for his own faction and whether Joe can ever lose a game. Whether Joe can ever lose a game, uh, because otherwise it's pointless. Uh, so if he loses a game, then it's kind of like kind of like you've died for a couple of hours, really, isn't it? <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Um, and also to hear more of the adventures of Gary, the handless executioner, and his magically self-firing pistol from hell. Um, until next time, I've been Brian. Oh, I've been Aaron. I've been Aaron. No, that's a lie. I've been Rob. <laughs> The Dark Lord, I mean, uh, James. <laughs> and Joe. Uh, we've been missing Colin. No, we haven't been missing <laughs> Colin. Um, until next time, bye. Bye. Bye bye. Who is Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> bye bye, Wayne. <laughs>